Do you dream of having your own in-house cigar lounge? Well, JR Cigars is here to help. By entering our Ultimate Cigar Lounge sweepstakes, you can win $5,000 towards your dream in-house cigar lounge. Cutters, lighters, ashtrays, chairs, whatever you can think of. Simply go to our website and click sweepstakes right up top, or go to sweepstakes.jrcigars.com. You can only enter once a day, but up until May 31st, you can enter every single day. More times you enter, more chances you have to win. Get ready for Smoke Night Live with Massa Sensei. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to Smoke Night Live. I see a bunch of folks popping in on Facebook. Bill, Barbara, Kevin, Jack. Chad, Chad. Chad, Chad. Kev, another Kev, different Kevin. Kevin Kythen. It's not Keithen. It's Kythen, everybody. I don't like that. Get it right. It's spelled Keithen, pronounced Kythen. Don't ask questions. Uh, did I say it was episode 239? No, I don't think 239? So. Welcome, Jordan, our uh, intrepid producer boy. Yeah, I'm here. We do have a studio producer. audience. It's a small studio audience. Can't Matt, show you. Matt, how you doing, brother? You can talk, Matt. Talk, Matthew. Oh, he's muted. He's muted. Now, talk. all right, Matt. Hi, everybody. Hey, Matt. Thank you for joining us. You're over six feet away from me. Yes. So that's legal in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a crazy uh, couple of weeks. Uh, hey, Randy, Griggs. Uh, it's been a crazy couple of weeks, but we're we're somehow managing to get through. Uh, Jordan, what are you going to smoke on the show tonight? I am going to smoke. I'm not smoking it yet, but uh, I found uh, Las Cal, Las Calaveras 2016. There we the go. Humi. You said that that was that was uh, in the last humidor that you looked in. Yes. Like the my my first humidor that I ever got, just I still have it. It's just sitting there for you know. Yeah. You never know what's in that thing, and sure enough, boom! Little crown heads action. Exactly. I'm going to be smoking this uh, LFD Lancero that is. I'm. It's already incredibly tasty. Never had this one before. Um, I, my eyes are so bad I can't read what it says on there. <laughs> but Jeez. trust me, it's good. Uh, whatever it is, it's it's super good. Uh, maybe my guests can help me out on that one. Um, so, guys, uh, this week um, has been a crazy week for us. Me and Jordan have been working feverishly Ooh. on the new version of the dojo. There's no keeping it a secret anymore, Jordan. No keeping it a oh, secret. Oh, I think we've even said this before. So this is like a uh, we're, we're we're nearing a year into this project, but now we're finally like into the heavy coding part of the project. And the new version of the dojo is probably just a couple months away, Jordan. It's gonna be sick. Jordan, maybe maybe you can give like a couple highlights of things that the new app will do that the old one doesn't do. Well, this is the dojo after all. You're gonna be able to get belts. Mm. We're talking white belt, yellow belt, all the colors of belts. How do you get a belt? Get belts by earning points through such things as commenting, sharing, uh, the various things that you do on the Dojo app day-to-day. -day. 
but there will also be badges for doing such things, and the badges will give you bonus points, and the points are flowing, and you're getting <laughs> belts, and maybe in a few years you might be a ninja. Who knows? And there could be a time when if you, like the first maybe, say, 100 people or so to become a black belt might even get a challenge coin sent to them in the mail. Like this thing's going to be legit. There's tangible rewards. Tangible rewards. There's going to be groups. You can have groups, um, which is cool. Ooh, and wait. I think one of the best features, Jordan, is mm. you can check into a cigar. <laughs> so like in- instead of just checking into places like we do now, you could check into like maybe you could check into this LFD or that Las Calaveras. And and if you checked into enough, say, Crown Heads um, cigars, maybe you get a Crown Heads badge, like that kind of stuff. It's going to be epic. Oh, yeah. Epic. So we're, we've Big been, picture, baby. Like a lot of people wonder, like, what, what do me and Jordan do in uh, our spare time, which we don't <laughs> have? Jordan especially. Design badges. Jordan especially has been uh, working feverishly on some of the graphics, doing a fantastic job. So uh, that's exciting. It's very um, exciting. Guys, if you could, if you're watching on Facebook right now, if you could help us out and just right now share the show, share this show on your own Facebook page with your friends, that really helps us out. Why is my camera not ever in focus? You know, I just. Is it my face? I don't put it is in focus. Maybe my face isn't in focus. I don't know. Let's try this. Try that. There we go. Do oh, some producer magic. Yeah, you could try that little like that camera app. Maybe I don't know. Maybe that would. There work. we go. Okay, that's pretty good. Anyways, guys, share the show right now. This show onto your own Facebook page. That helps us. That helps us get the word out about Smoke Night Live. It really helps a lot. Teresa, Robert, how you doing, guys? Chris, thank you guys for joining us. Jamie, oh man, we got all kinds of folks popping on. Jordan this is great. Wicks. It's been in. Oh, Jordan, heavy metal Wicks, one of the coolest dudes. One of the coolest guys in Colorado. Uh, he's up north. All right. Hey, let's get right to the show. Folks, we have two fantastic guests on the show tonight. First off, we got John Carney, Vice President of Sales for La Florida Minicana LFD. This is the scar I'm smoking right now. John, how the heck are you? Good evening, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. I'm freezing to death up in northern Maine right now, but I am in the middle of the woods, and there's, there's nobody within like two or three miles of me. So I'm safely quarantined and distanced. Um, <laughs> also, Eric, you are smoking the Cameroon Cabinet oh, Lancero. It is. It is tasty, is it my friend. Dynamite. It is dynamite. Very, very good. I'm. I'm into Cameroons right now. Like, you know, you got the Baca. You've got. I've been smoking these Perdomo Cameroons. The War Zone. The War Zone. Like right now, I'm like sort of on a Cameroon kick, Jordan. Yeah, it's the hot. It's the hot new rapper. It's, well, it's not new. But it's not it's new, hot. but it seems to be hot right now. And also on the show, Miguel Chaudel, our famous uh, friend that we've had on the show before, one of the nicest guys in the entire cigar industry, national sales manager from Crown Heads. Miguel, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing wonderful, man. I'm uh, kind of doing the opposite of Carney. I'm in the South Florida, so it's nice and warm here. But uh, I've got no one near me, and uh, the closest thing to me, I think, is some, some alligators in the lake over there. But <laughs> besides that, uh, feeling good, man. Um, smoking a lot of cigars uh, on my lanai. Uh, usually I'm on the road every week, so this has been an interesting last four weeks for me. You know, it's crazy. Everybody's finding their own way to handle, you know, this lockdown or shelter-in-place, quarantine, whatever you want to call it. But, you know... 
John, I don't know why you're in Maine. Why didn't you stay in Florida where it's warm? I don't understand. Like, if I was you, I'd, I would have stuck in Florida, but I don't know. That's just me. So I have this philosophy. Whenever there's catastrophic-type events, uh, i.e. hurricanes uh, that happen in South Florida, I escape to Maine because uh, <laughs> generally it's a little town. My town's got 3,500 people in it. Um, so what happened with the pandemic here was I had a doctor's appointment about a month ago. So I, all my doctors and dentists and stuff are up here. So I flew up uh, for a dentist appointment and a doctor's appointment. And then things started to get a little bit crazy. So one of my trips canceled. I was going to be going out to Nebraska. This was on 13th and 14th of March. Um, and then everything got real crazy. And uh, I was here. So it's just this is the best place to have been stuck, to be honest with you. It, the town said 3,500 people. Our grocery store has been pretty full the entire time. There's just not a lot of people around anyway. We got Walmart in town. Uh, but it's the best little town to be stuck in. And honestly, in Miami, my building has been quarantined for like two weeks. Uh, there's a few cases of coronavirus there. So you, there's no guests in, no guests out. Deliveries are, are, are has some strict regulations, the curfew. I live right downtown. Um, and the grocery store, I've seen pictures of it, were em been empty for a long time. So... Uh, fortunately, I'm up here, to be honest. My family's place up here. So fortunately, I'm here. Uh, the weather would be nice in Miami, but I'm making do. Uh, you know, I'm, I've, been, I've been starting some uh, – accelerating some of my hobbies a little bit at the same time. What do you hey, – listen, listen, listen. Carney, Carney is grilling phenomenal food every day. Yes. I don't think, I don't think he's missing Florida at all right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's, let's talk about that real quick. And um, so, like, one of the things – as everybody knows, like, one of the things that's been going on is everybody's been – trying to stay connected and um john one of the things you've been doing is this quarantining grilling and uh you have some various guests on the show and stuff talk a little bit about uh, everybody knows john is one of the preeminent uh meat grillers in the world like this dude he like he's legit so john talk about your Thank little you. live show that you've been doing it's I've, I've been enjoying it i think everybody else has been as well but maybe people haven't uh aren't aware of it so you could you know, talk a little bit about that. So Miguel, I want to, first of all, warn you, um, this will probably be the, that was probably the last time we were going to talk about cigars when I'm on the show. I, I don't know if Eric and Jordan warned you, uh, <laughs> traditionally about 90% of what I talk about is, is food while we're on here. And then we, we eventually try to fit some cigars in there. So we're probably done now, uh, with cigars. I but, could talk um, food. I could talk food. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the, the grill, obviously, I, I grew up in a culinary background. My family owned restaurants growing up, and it really accelerated uh, throughout college and, at, and, and after college. Um, and I took kind of a, a, a gap of time. It was about probably four or five years where I didn't do a lot of cooking. It was right when I started in the cigar business about nine years ago as a sales rep up in New England for LFD. Um, so about five years ago, I started going to some different steakhouses. Um, just out of love for steak. And the first one I went to that, that really hit me, which inspired my cooking technique, was obviously Jose Andres Bizarre Meat in Las Vegas. Oh, they yeah. have a technique there called tempered cooking. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, this is amazing, the time and effort. It's really an art form of, of cooking that they use. Uh, high, high heat, um, short times on the heat, a lot of resting. And uh, I was like, you know, I got to be able to do this in my house. So I started doing it at home, practicing different techniques, different cooking techniques, uh, experimenting at different steakhouses, different ways that, that meats are prepared and different cuts of meat. And um, so I started posting it online probably probably five years ago now where I really got into it um, and other dishes and different things. And I'm also I'm kind of creating my own recipes at the same time. Every dish I post traditionally has something 
that I'm working on. It may be just something you don't even notice in the post, and it may be part of something later on. Uh, but when we when we hit the, the coronavirus here, uh, I had you know I'm still busy you know with the cigar side. There's a lot of stuff going on, and uh, but it's all phone calls, it's all emails, so it's quick business, text messages, you know, following up who's open, catching up. Coincidentally, Miguel can probably tell you too. But the phone calls I have now are much longer than they ever were, because <laughs> uh, people want to talk. You know, they have nothing yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, they're trying to explain what's happening. They want to vent, explain what's going on with their business. Uh, so it's great conversation. Uh, but I started with uh, last October, Brian McGee with Crown Hits, uh, he and I had a cooking competition and Brian was kind of inspired by some of the stuff I was doing. So he started doing um, McGee's uh, smoked meats and Crown Heads made merchandise for him, which I think is awesome. Um, and I was, I always did cooking events and things at, at shops over the years, uh, but I kind of started taking it to another level because people started identifying me with food and steak more than it was just cigars. It was the first conversation already of what I talk about now. Um, and it's a great connection because it works well with cigars. So Brian and I had this idea. He said, man, we have time. Why don't we, you know, we're not going to be able to meet up because we have some other competitions and some some co-op things we're doing with the crown heads on the road uh, that just aren't going to be able to happen right now. Uh, so I was like, why don't, we, why don't we start doing a show? So we started quarantine grilling with McGee and Carney. Uh, the first episode was production value was, was low, uh, but it was a great episode. You know, I think we got a lot of information out there. Episode two improved. Um, and we had Fred Rui come on as a guest and we offered... Uh, him a position uh, on the team as our meterator. Uh, he'll be essentially the moderator. Uh, so he'll be our host, and McGee and I are the stars. Uh, so episode three is coming up on Monday, and the addition of Fred has added uh, has added an additional eye, an additional uh, you know worker, essentially, where we can start trying to expand a little bit more into production. So we hope to improve each show, and we have uh, Evan Darnell coming on Monday uh, from the Red Meat Lovers Club, so he'll be a pretty high-profile meat guest. Uh, so we'd like to, you know, hopefully Monday there's a great production value on it. We we had over a thousand views of our episode two, so hopefully we'll keep increasing. But I said it's a passion of mine, and it's something that uh, that I enjoy doing and sharing with people. So this has been a great outlet to to pass the time and to still connect with people on that level during you know a challenging time. Hey, uh, John, just I'm just throwing this out there, and I'm putting you on the spot, but uh, I think somewhere down the line in the future, in the next few weeks or whatever, you should have me on the show. I can I can share with your audience the the indoor technique of a smash burger. Like I have it down, I have it down to a science, and uh, I can make a, invite yourself onto a show. Yeah, I'm gonna invite myself onto the show, and I will make a smash burger live on the show. You just think about that. Just put that in the back of your mind. It's pretty stinking good, man. I'm telling you right now. Well, it's great that you mentioned it because I did I did cheeseburgers today with my family, and um and obviously we're grilling or any type of thing, you know, even cast iron cooking inside. Cause some of our shows will be inside cause we're going to continue doing this. Um, and so sometimes I might do the show from a hotel room and put together a gourmet meal from, from a town place suites. But uh, the today after I got on the cheeseburgers, I'm like, man, we need to do a cheeseburger show uh, where we all do some, you know, different grounds. And we were talking about getting meat grinders and some things like that. So no, we'd love to have you on the show. We're looking at probably may uh, we're going to, wow. we're going to generally do one or two guests a month. And then we'll have one or two shows where it's just Brian and I. And then uh, so we're looking into May. We're, we're booked up for the next four weeks. Uh, but, yeah, if, you, you're, if you'd love Jeez. to have you on for Burger Show, that'd yeah. be something great today. Hey, Eric, hey, Eric, yeah. Eric, have your guys call his guys. Yeah, right. I mean, I, okay, I guess, set up. I guess you know, at, this, you know I, at this point, I'm just I an love, afterthought. But that's all right. Hey, whatever. What well, I love great about the, it happened today that I wanted to do that. I was like, yeah, we got to do a Burger Show. What I love about it is, like, Brian has a very different technique on a lot of meats. 
than what Carney does. <clears throat> and as a guy who I, I do a lot of grilling, I got, I, I love using, I mean, I, I take a lot of pride in my grill, but for me, it's mostly fish. For the last 20 years of my life, I've, I've focused more on fish and getting different kind of fish and different techniques on the grill. But what I like is watching Carney and Brian because they're both cooking different kind of red meats, but they're very different styles. And it's very entertaining. You know what I mean? There's some, some, sometimes people have these, these, uh, these shows and you're like, oh, okay, but their show is entertaining the entire time. And I, I absolutely love it, man. Thank you. Yeah, it is. It yeah, is. No, it's, um, it's a great way to. Uh, it's a great way to connect without being, you know, uh, doing the exact same thing that everybody else is doing. That's what I dig about the show, man. And Brussels the sprouts. Best, yeah, Brussels sprouts the other day. Yeah, we, we've cooked Brussels sprouts on two consecutive shows, so I think Brussels sprouts will make a, a, an appearance quite regularly. Um, and I love Brussels sprouts. I eat it probably four or five days a week in different passions. So uh, last week I was a, I was going to do a different version of Brussels sprouts because in episode one. I did a Brussels sprout hash, and I chopped it up real thin, and it, it was, and uh, so then Brian's like, oh, man, I'm going to do Brussels sprouts this week, and I was like, I'm glad I didn't do it, and I feel like we're going to have Brussels sprouts a lot, uh, so you, that'll be a recurring theme, but yeah, it's been fun, I mean, we made up, even just in two episodes, we got a bunch of different terms we've made up, like flavor potential, uh, which is when you look <laughs> at a piece of meat and you respect what its flavor potential is and inspect it. Uh, we have crust threshold, which is if you get that gray line around the outside, sorry, in the inside, when you cut into it, you cross the crust threshold. And, um, steak tips. We got meterator. So, yeah, it's been fun. So it's been a really good connection. And it, I, I said, you know, everybody likes to eat. And we're not just going to be grilling red meat all the time. There's other dishes that we'll be putting on there. Um, you know, there's, there's only so many different cuts of red meat you can have, and we want to keep it lively for people and one show that we can also cook other things, but yeah, it's been great. It, it was fun. It's something I wanted to do. Um, you know, I have some personal connections, uh, with one of our sponsors, uh, the wood butcher, uh, is a good family friend of mine, a childhood friend when I was growing up and he's an actual butcher and he started a company called wood butcher. So I've been trying to help get some of his, his work off the ground. We just released a, um, a cigar ashtray and coaster uh so it's a coaster cigar holder and ashtray um i'm gonna plug it i'm sorry that's all right go for it man but we got the wood butcher cigar ashtray can you see this yeah i can see it i don't really understand what i'm looking at but i can see it so it's it's a it's a solid oak coaster up here you have the ashtray you have the cigar holder in the middle Gotcha. There's a coaster on this end where you can put your favorite beverage. So, nice. Yeah, it's been fun. So it's just been something little, and we've been throwing around some different ideas. And the quarantine grilling was just—it was perfect timing. So hey, uh, we got you know—we'll do a little bit of. Um, oh, Jordan, mute the logistics for you. Uh, we have a little bit of uh, uh, you know housekeeping cigar talks, uh, if you will, to do before we just get into random topics. But Miguel, uh, this past week or so. There was a press release about Crown Heads and Ace Prime uh, forming a partnership uh, distribution sort of partnership kind of thing going on. Maybe you can uh, talk a little bit about that, why it came to be and what it's all about. Uh, you guys, Crown Heads and Ace Prime. Yeah, so, you know, I've been in the industry this year, uh, I think will be 18 years in the premium cigar industry. And through my 18 years, I've met a lot of great people in this business. And one of those guys is Luciano Morales. And Luciano and I go way back and been friends. And uh, I know Pichardo, a Radio Pichardo, who co-owns the factory with him in Nicaragua. And Pichardo's had his factory there for many, many years. And 
So eventually they teamed up and started uh, producing cigars for other manufacturers and and of course them being my friends, you know, saying, hey man, we'd love to do something with you, you know, whoever you're with. And so my time at Crown Heads, uh, I introduced him to Mike Condor and John Huber and uh, they became fast friends, hit it off really well. And uh, they did a project for us called Juarez and the Juarez cigar has been extremely successful and uh, it just made sense. You know, we have the same kind of ethics. We have the same kind of business acrement and wanted to, I think there's power in numbers, right? So joining forces, they have an incredible factory. They have incredible fields in Ecuador. They're growing great wrapper. And so it was an opportunity for us to help distribute their product and strategically align. And they're going to be able to help us on production. And, you know, we'll have a little home in Nicaragua where we can do some more projects out of, mm. you know, we're very proud of our partnerships with um, my father cigars, with Jewish state. And of course, they're Perez Carrillo, who, who is like, you know, I always say he's, he's like the third member of Crown Heads. You know, he, has a, he does a lot for us. And it just gives us a, a strategic alliance with those guys. They're old friends. And it's just there, there's more opportunity there to work together. So I'm, I'm very proud that the, they have decided to come together and work together. And I, I look forward to selling their product across the country, man. I, I always think that the industry, people love good cigars. People love good product. That's why companies like La Florida Minicana continue to grow and expand and crown heads grow and expand and, you know, other companies like Roma Craft or whatever. I think people really enjoy that kind of artisanal take on cigars. And that's exactly what Ace Prime is. And so it's just it's a natural marriage. And we're, we're very happy. And after all this kind of goes back to normal after this virus stuff, we look forward to getting the product out there, man. Yeah. So like Ace Prime was one of those companies that uh, I think, you know, like really made a splash, you know, obviously at this last year's trade show with Dominique Wilkins and who's the other guy? Tiago Splitter. Tiago Splitter. Right. Tiago Splitter. And so like, uh, you know, out of nowhere, I mean, they've been making cigars for a long time, but now they're, you know, sort of promoting their own brands and stuff. And they really had a great splash at the show. You know, you could shoot free throws with Dominique Wilkins and that kind of thing. I don't know. I think, I think Carney, I think Carney was even balling over didn't, there. Didn't Carney, Carney beat, Carney he, I think played. he beat, Dominique yeah. Wilkins in like a free throw contest or something. Is that Car true? Carney beat Carney beat Dominique Wilkins in a free throw contest. <laughs> Woo! Well, look at that. Look at that. I played I played three on three against um against the guy from Blacklist. Uh the guy that plays uh Agent Moshe Devai, Haram. Mm -hmm. He was he's friends with Tiago. So I played three on three with him and, and I don't know if Tiago played in that, but then uh, it was it was Tiago and Dominique Wilkins in the free throw contest. Um, Dominique was never traditionally a great free throw shooter. Uh, I, I I only had to hit three shots to win, <laughs> but I hit all three. They didn't. Wow. Uh, so I beat him. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. So it, it kind of turned some heads. Uh, but, yeah, no, that was the first day of the trade show. I, I went away from the booth for lunch, and I came back like a half hour later sweating. And it was like <laughs> – where did you go? And I was like, oh, I just played in a three-on-three -three tournament and beat Dominique Wilkins at a free-throw contest. And they're like, really? I go, yeah, yeah, where? I go in the back. I go, check it out. I go, he's standing back there. He goes, awesome. And, uh, and, you know, good thing there was no dunking contest. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, see, I can, I can still touch the rim, kind of. I don't know if I can still dunk. I know I know Dominique can't. I, I don't yeah. think he can still dunk. I, and if he does, he, he's probably going to hurt his knees. So he's probably, he's past his prime on the dunking. Carney, you cannot touch the rim. Oh yeah, absolutely. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. That's pretty good, man. I guarantee. I could dunk you. a basketball until about two years ago. Still. Really? 
Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's about impressive. Two years ago, I stopped trying. Speaking of the trade show, guys, uh, both of you, you know, in light of everything that's going on, if you had to put odds on the trade show happening this summer, what, what would you say? Is it, what are the what are the odds this will actually happen? So, so on the next episode of uh, of quarantine grilling. We'll be uh, grilling some great steaks. Oh, the trade show. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk cigars I, on here. Yeah, I, I don't. I'll let Miguel go first on this one. Uh, look, man, I'm, I'm, uh, people tell me all the time I'm, I'm always the optimist, you know what I mean? And I, and I, and I think I live my life that way. Uh, I, I think it's by about 70, 30 that we're going to have the show. Good. Um, the more, the more I read, look, I, I think everyone's biting at the bit. I know, look, Carney. I think we'll we'll agree with me on this. We, him and I, live on the road. We're we're constantly on the road visiting accounts, and we love what we do. But it's that one time of the year where our our accounts come to us, and it actually feels it feels good. You know what I mean? Everyone's coming to see you, and um, so being an optimist, I think it's seventy thirty that we have the show, and um, I think it's very important that we do have the show this year. I I would agree on on a lot of those. You know what. What Miguel said about how it is—it's great to have the customers. The one time the customer truly comes to you, and is excited about it, and it's, there's a lot of excitement around it. Uh, no matter how many people are there, it's the one moment that you have an opportunity. The one roof or largest group that you're going to see each year of your retailers under one roof. Um, so it, it's great. I think it would be—I think it'd be very important to have it this year. I—I I personally uh, do not see a a con. I just don't see the environment that we're in as, as a nation, let alone as a cigar market. Like if this, if this starts, if we opened up every retail store and everything got back to normal tomorrow, it's still going to take months mm. to get back what was lost. Yeah. Um, the amount of money that's expended, the, the cost, the expense. Um, I, I, I like that they're kind of holding on to hope on it. Uh, I, I would put it around like 80, 20, that it's not going to happen. In my opinion, that's not insider information. I haven't talked to anybody that I yeah. want it to happen a hundred percent. I just don't know if if we can expect a large amount of retailers and the manufacturers to expel a large amount of money for a short period of time in a large group. I don't really accepting of that at that time. And then I don't necessarily know if that's the wisest decision to make uh, with the money at that time, just because it, we're going to be coming out of a hard time. Like our factory's opening again on Monday. It'll be a so people are like, oh, that's great. You'll have cigars. I'm not going to see cigars for weeks. Yeah, uh, from that factory. Um, we have some stuff coming in on Monday on a shipment that we shipped out today, uh, but it's just things that were already prepared. So there's going to be some lag time in that. And then getting it back to an actual normal setting is going to take months. So I, I don't see a world where where the show necessarily happens this year. It would be a shame, uh, but it's just economically, I don't know if, if it can happen. Plus, that's a big part of it, you know. It's sort of like the worst case scenario for social distancing because – you just you can't social distance like I, I would I would imagine even even if we open stuff up like there's still going to be like, you know, guidelines and requirements around social distancing. And it, at the show, like you're literally like, you know, handing samples, you're handing cards, you're shaking hands. I mean, I can't even see like even if the sports come back, there's not going to be anybody in the stadiums though. they might play, but I can't see there being full yeah. stadiums. That's the tricky part. Yeah. be. Yeah, they'll be half full. Restaurants will be partially full. I mean, Vegas right now, let's just be blatantly honest, Vegas is completely closed. Right. Yeah, shut um, down completely. And an enclosed, you know, pressurized torpedo is not really going to be a normal thing right coming up. I mean, 
it's like I'm not going to go back to flying probably for at least a month, if not longer, uh, just yeah. because there's other things I'll be driving around. You know, we have we have different things that we're doing, uh, but I probably won't be on an airplane. And if I am, it won't be as much. I may be flying to a market and staying there for two weeks. Uh, so yeah. it, there's going to be a lot of things different. Uh, and it's yeah, we'll get back to normal or you know what the new normal is. But for a short period of time, which is really only 90 days away, I don't see in 90 days just completely reverting back to being like, all right, let's all go to Vegas. And then even the people that may want to, I mean, if it's less than 50% that would normally come, it's not, it's not really financially feasible. Yeah. I mean, if I do, you know, if, if they do hold a show, it may look very different than it did in years past. You know, I'm, I'm, I think uh, booth be much smaller or not as elaborate, but um, at the end of the day, man, I, I just hope, uh, you know, TAA was canceled. Um, usually I see Carney down there at TAA and a uh, great little story. Um, we were getting back to Miami from TAA last year. We're standing there waiting on our luggage and there's Carney, there's Wazooka, there's a bunch of guys from the industry. And as soon as Carney's um, luggage came around, you knew exactly whose luggage that was. <laughs> Tom, Tom Brady was Tom Brady stickers are all over it or what? It, you know, it was like red, white, and blue, American flag on it. You just knew exactly whose who's luggage that was. And I was like, oh, here's Carney's luggage. Yeah, it was the uh, it was the Under Armour, the Rock, Rock the Troops was a yeah. program that he did a few years back. Yeah. Hey, now, both- I think we're all, we're all hopeful that it goes on, but we'll see yeah, what happens. absolutely. But Car- Carney's right. I mean, you're talking essentially 90 days or so away, and, you know, time will fly by, and we worry about our retailers, man. Yeah, that brings me – that's a great segue, Miguel. Thank you. Uh, you didn't know that, but my <laughs> next question was going to be about the retailers. Now, you guys, more than anybody, are in tune and in contact you know, with your retail partners. Mm-hmm. You know, what, are, what are the retail partners telling you guys right now? How are, I, I, it's got to be brutal for some of these guys, especially, you know, especially some of the smaller mom-and-pop shops that you know, really rely on that, those regulars coming in and – and smoking cigars for two, three hours, that kind of stuff. What are your retail partners telling you guys right now? How are they faring in all of this? It's a challenge out there. I, you know, this is just a factual information. Online retailers right now are, are booming uh, just because of the nature of the business. It's easy to order and have UPS drop it off. And uh, the brick and mortars are getting pounded right now. I mean, that's right. just a reality. I mean, there's some brick and mortars that are holding on. You know, they're doing really doing quite well with their pickup business and, you know, curbside type service. But it's still only, you know, 40 to 50 percent on their best days of what they're doing. Uh, so yep. it's really tough with the brick and mortar. And, you know, as a company, I guess 99 percent of my business is brick and mortar. Uh, it's huge. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking these brick and mortars and there's some that are doing well. The, the biggest one that I noticed, uh, the, big, the most common comment that I've seen <clears throat> is the buying habits of what they're actually buying. They said it's you know a lot of traditional brands, obviously the without having a lot of events going on, you know they're, they're moving different types of products, um, and it's yeah, but it's brutal out there. It's definitely tough. I, I haven't called anyone that's been like oh this is great, this is going good. But most people had a good March. This is the month that everyone's going to feel it uh, because money's getting tighter on the re- on the consumer side, money's getting tighter on the retailer side. And it's it's all three portions of this business: retailer, consumer, and manufacturer. Money's getting tight. And business is slowing down, uh, so it's it's definitely tough out there, and it's a it is definitely a um, you know a trickle down effect. I think what I what I've seen out there is you know talk to some retailers. Obviously, the virus has thrown everyone into this kind of chaos, but 
a lot of the retailers are more frustrated, I think, with their local governments. Mm. And what, you know, oh, you can open. Oh, you can't open. You got to close your doors. Okay, you can do curbside. You can't do curbside. I've talked to several retailers this week who they had to close their doors for four or five days. And then then now their lawyer or the their local government saying, okay, no, no, you can do curbside now. I had another account. You know, he's just in his store every day, uh, not doing any business. He's just keeping an eye on his store. And, you know, the police are coming by his shop and making sure that he's not open, even though, you know, they see a person in there. And so I, I think... Yeah, obviously, we know the business has been affected. We know that buying habits have changed. We know that the hardcore cigar smoker is going to go and probably buy a five pack, have it, you know, take it to his car or he's buying online. I think the retailer, what isn't really being talked about is how frustrated the retailers are with their with the government, because they're getting such mixed messages about being open, being closed. They're trying to keep payroll. They're trying to keep their guys, you know, um, employed. And they're really frustrated more. And those are the conversations that I've had is really turned, you know, they get such mixed messages about being open or not, you know, and then right. you got, I see a note there, Virginia, Virginia wants to increase their OTP. Um, you know, it's, it's these guys, these retailers are up against the wall right now. And, and I do think that there's a lot of great manufacturers um, that are trying to work with these accounts and saying, Hey, look, um, you know, uh, whatever you need, we'll get it out, maybe extended terms, whatever it is. We're trying to all do our part, and the retailers are just trying to survive in this in this atmosphere. But they're very frustrated with their governments, man, I'll be honest with you. That's really what the conversations I've had this week. Right, because not a, will, it's, it's tricky because they, you know, you don't know from day to day. I mean, even us, it's relatively normal for me and Jordan doing what we do. But we, you know, we hear a different story every day from, from our local governments, you know, like, can we do this? Can we do that? You, you don't always know what you can and, and cannot yeah. do or what you should and should not do. I, I will add one more piece, though. I will say every single person that I've talked to, every retail partner I've spoken to, we end the conversation with, I'm going to do what I've got to do, and I'm going to make this work. I, yeah. I haven't had anyone say to me, oh, this is it. I'm going to give up. This is over. Yep. Everyone's fighting. Everybody's being very creative. Even the ones that aren't so creative are are working hard and you know and muscling through it. But every single person I talk to, and this is a, a hundred percent truth, is said, "I'm going to do what I got to do, and I'm going to fight through this, and we're going to make it through it." Right, so yeah. you know, if I don't make it through, I didn't you know I didn't go down without a fight. And and you know, Carney and I, because the positions that we're in, we we get to talk to accounts from New Hampshire to California, you know, from North Dakota all the way down to Texas, and so we get a lot of you know, insider information. And uh, I think the spirit of these retailers are we're going to fight to do what we can to stay alive. And look, this industry has gone through a lot, you know, and, and, and I feel like this has been really tough, but hopefully on the other end, everyone pulling together, you know, things will, things will hopefully get back to back to what they were, man. Do you sort of feel like let's put a, a silver lining on this before I go to commercial there is there is a silver lining into this, and that is it does seem like the cigar community as a whole, whether it's the Cigar Dojo Protocol virtual lounge or other virtual, you know, Abe's got a virtual lounge, uh, Carney's got his grilling show. It does sort of seem like, you know, there is some coming together, and, and this is when community is sort of showing itself in the best light is under these circumstances, wouldn't you think? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I've met, I've met and friended more people on social media that I've met 
through chat boxes and virtual like three weeks than I do just going out and meeting with people face to face. I mean, face to face is great. There's nothing to beat sitting around having a having a cocktail, smoking a cigar, you know, shooting the shit together uh, in a lounge. But the genuine connections that you have, because everybody's in the same boat. Like we're all sitting at our homes. We're all either sitting outside or finding a place to smoke. And then we get on one of these conference calls. I call them conference calls, but Zooms or virtual lounges. And and you're together and you're all in the same boat at the same exact time going through the same thing. And that's something that's really unique and it, it is special. Uh, and those types of connections are are very, very strong. And it's been uh, it's been special to have that. I know here my family, my mom and dad don't quite grasp this. Like my mom watches church and things through like Zoom and different uh, social media. But my dad will walk out. We're like in the middle of the show. He's like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, I'm right in the middle of a show. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's like, oh, like every night I'm doing something. And so like we were talking, he's like, so like, what's your plan for the week? So it's, it's cool. It's unique and it's special to have that because it's, it's, it is, it is a strong community and uh, it's full of special people. And it's great to, to have them during this period of time. It definitely makes the days easier. Miguel? I think he, uh, you, went. Uh, there we go. Hey, uh, guys, uh, quick commercial break, and then we'll get into some non-cigar topics. Uh, nice. This 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 show is sponsored by JR Cigars, one of the world's largest online cigar stores. JR's inventory ranges from everyday bundled cigars to incredibly high-end boxes, including the brand-new exclusive Cabanas, crafted by the legendary Don Pepin Garcia. Don't forget to check out their social media pages, including YouTube, where they feature cigar reviews, interviews, and their famous weekly top five videos check out jr cigars for all of your premium cigar needs hey guys this is the part of the show where we do our weekly top five or top three sorry top three we used to do top five we cut it down to three right jordan weekly top three weekly top three all right this is the weekly and i have i have not prepared our guests for this question so they're going to be hit completely off guard by this question but it is not an it's not a uh, incredibly difficult question uh, your top three menu items during lockdown. And I'll go first to give our guests a couple of seconds to think this through. Jordan, you can add to this as well if you want to. My weekly, uh, my top three menu items under quarantine are uh, instant ramen. You remember the packs, you know, the, uh, the packs of ramen? Like I've been going through those like mad, like instant ramen. And you boil the noodles. Number two, chili mac. Jordan. Oh. Chili Mac. Craft Chili Mac. Craft macaroni and cheese covered in chili was one of mm. the greatest things that you can ever eat for lunch. And of course, Are, at, at nighttime, wine and cheese. Like it's a wine and cheese pretty much from eight o'clock to midnight every single night. Uh, Miguel, what are your top three menu items during lockdown? Well, I would say that uh, we do a lot of charcuterie trays right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Kind of, uh, graze it all day long so we do some some prosciutto we do a lot of different cheeses and then we have wine and sangria and i do a lot of rum uh the other thing is uh this week i think probably every other day i was making homemade french fries you know really taking a potato oh yeah taking a potatoes cutting them up doing doing fresh french fries at home and um i do a lot of shrimp man my freezer is, is always packed with shrimp so we've had it uh, just like Bubba Gump, man, you can uh, you can do anything <laughs> with shrimp. So you can eat it five days in a row and have it five different ways. So shrimp, uh, homemade French fries, and our charcuterie trays have been on rotation for almost four weeks now. 
Jordan, before before Carney goes, because we can only <laughs> we can only guess that it's going to be like ostrich <laughs> and, and and buffalo meat and stuff. What, Jordan, what have you been cooking during lockdown? It's pretty simple: uh, bourbon, wine, <laughs> and wait, the last one is blue bell cookie dough ice cream. Is really? so incredibly good. There's it, it's almost too much cookie dough, if that can even possibly ever be said. But I'm addicted to it. All right, Carney. What's your what are you, what are your t- I'm, I'm not talking about when you do like your big. I'm talking about like what gets you through lockdown. Like, what are some of the things that you do like on a daily basis? So my my favorite item that I've had so far out of like some of the things I've been posting, uh, the most unique one for me in terms of flavor has been yak ribeye. I really like yak. Uh, yak's been delicious. I did have something else that was kind of interesting. Uh, one time I had uh, rabbit testicles. Those were delicious. <laughs> Tasted like fried chicken. Awesome. Uh, number three, Halo Top ice cream is mm. my is my. Uh, Wait, what? Say that again. One of my vices. Halo Top. H A L O Top ice cream. It's it's a uh, low fat, delicious ice cream. It's made with skim milk. Uh, it's incredible. They got a peanut butter cup, strawberry, chocolate, cookie dough. A one pint's like 320 calories. It's delicious. And I'm going to add a fourth. Okay. So my fourth one is this thing, this candy. It's called Smart Sweets. It's a low sugar, high fiber. One package is 80 calories and has your daily allotment of fiber in it. Whoa. I eat like five bags of those a day. Um, so Smart Sweets are what get me through the day. You got to keep and, pooping. Uh, Halo Top ice cream. So the, yeah, you got to uh, keep going. You got to stay regular. Rabbit testicles like Rocky Mountain Oyster situation? Or how's that compare? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Much smaller. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was very good. It was. I cooked. A, I grilled a rabbit, and it had its insides still there. So I, I took the liver and made like a toast out of it, and then I, I had. I took. I was like, you know what? I, I got to eat these things. Grilled, grilled them up with some salt on it. No, no olive oil, no nothing. It tasted. It tastes like fried chicken. It was delicious. You know that that brings up a good point. The other uh, was it last week we had Eric Espinosa on Jordan. Was it last week or the week before? Two weeks. Two weeks ago. And one of the questions was, who would I, who would I want to have if there was ever a zombie apocalypse? Like, who would I want to have with me? Like, now I'm changing my answer. I, I want to have Carney because, like, literally, you know, he'd be making, like, you know, zombie jerky or, you know I mean? <laughs> it's, obviously, he's got... If you could ever get Randy Griggs and John Carney oh, yeah. in the same room, Griggs, can you imagine? Griggs and Carney together, we could be, be, be making food out of anything. I mean, literally, just... Yeah, we, we'd figure it out. We'd yeah. figure it out. Hey boys, I know both of you guys are huge sports fans, and Duh. and uh, Miguel, you're a big baseball fan, and, and John's obviously a big football fan, as as I am. I'm mainly ice hockey. But guys, what do you think is going to happen with professional sports like hockey and 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 basketball? Hockey and basketball will they finish this season? And then baseball and football, what's going to happen to those seasons? How do you guys foresee this? affecting you know our our national pastimes well i'll go i'll go first here if you don't mind carney uh mine will be pretty quick uh, baseball is already trying to put together an idea of having two leagues having a grapefruit league and having the uh the cactus league and that would completely mix up the divisions in american and national league right because you got 15 teams in arizona 15 teams in florida so they're working on that idea and i'm i'm all for it i mean i uh, everyone, look, man, baseball to me is is so important to me. I mean, I love baseball with my with my entire heart, man. And so I'm going through withdrawals right now. So any kind of baseball, I'll take. So Miguel, and how would base- that how would that that cactus league thing work? 
I mean, help me through that. I help me understand exactly how that would, would go down. I think they explained that they would maybe take one or two, maybe three ballparks, spring training facilities, and start playing games without fans mm. and uh, just doing kind of round robin baseball and and having literally because you know there, it isn't divided. It's divided equally, but there's National and American leagues in both places. So for one season, they would completely do an entire realignment for that, and that's what they're planning on. And I'll tell It'll you, it would be I, awesome. I would take that. I would take that in a heartbeat, man. I would take that in a heartbeat. So that would go. Are you saying that that would start and then they, they would just realign for the entire season until for the, through for the, the entire season through the yep. World Series and everything? Absolutely. That way they would put the games on TV, and it would be interesting because you know there is interleague play, but they only play one you know one division interleague a year uh, a year, right? And it kind of rotates. This year, it would be completely different because the teams are separated and there is no, you know, they're just all mixed together. It would be, to me, really interesting. And it'd be it'd be something for the history books or as far as baseball. You know, you got baseball. The history goes back to the 18, early 1800s. And so uh, I think this would be an incredible opportunity to get the American pastime back on TV, getting people talking about sports. And it would be kind of fun because you would see teams playing each other would, that would normally not play. And, and in these times, you got to do what you got to do. So I'm excited. Now, I don't watch a lot of football. I'm just I'm a baseball guy. So Carney, I'm sure, can fill us in on football for sure. Now, wait. Now, are you are you a you're a Reds guy, Cincinnati Reds, or are you Cleveland Cin- Indians? Cincinnati Reds. Cincinnati okay. Reds. I was raised in Cincinnati, and and I'm a diehard Reds fan. And so, where would the Reds? Where would Arizona? Would, okay, so they would be in Arizona. They would be in Arizona. They share their spring training facility with the Indians. <clears throat> so they would be out there in Arizona playing the Diamondbacks, Padres, um, the Dodgers, uh, Seattle Mariners. They would be all po- a bunch of those guys. That would be so – I mean, I, obviously, like, the record books would have to look back at it with some type of asterisk, right, you know? But yeah. at the same yeah. time, you know, it's sort of like the, you know, the time that we spend with our families during this. Maybe you could look back on it. You know, with the, uh, you know, hey, that was kind of fun. It was different. It was kind of it fun. It was different. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, because in our division, the Cardinals are in Florida. The um, the uh, Pirates are in Florida. Milwaukee's in Arizona. And the, the Cubs are in Arizona and the Reds are in Arizona. So those guys would normally play each other a lot. And if they went ahead with this, they, you know, they wouldn't be playing each other. You know what I mean? The, right. the, the Cardinals wouldn't play the Reds at all and neither would the Pirates. So it would be, I think, an interesting uh, footnote in baseball history. Right. That w- I mean, that would be uh, that's a, I, I did read that this morning, uh, that that plan that that could go down. And I mean, hey, I'm all for it. I think I think we really need something to get our minds off of this every day, reading the news, looking at the statistics yep. of the, the virus over and over and over. You know, as a people, there's like literally nothing else. To talk there's about. literally <laughs> nothing else to talk about. I mean, we, we do need. This is is crazy. Like some people say, oh, sports is the least important thing. I don't know if that's true. Like, I think that sports is an important thing. It gives us you know, something to look forward to day in and day out. And if they could do it in a safe manner, I think we should do something like that. I agree. Look after September 11th. You know what I mean? Right. And, and when baseball got back underway and it was it was something that um, you do it when the time is right. And, and I think it, it, it helped heal a little bit of the United States, especially seeing the Yankees going out there and take the field. Right. Uh, if you remember that time, it was a, it was a very unified country and pretty incredible um, to experience that, you know? Right. So, John, 
Uh, I know you're a football fanatic, other than the fact that Tom Brady's now in Tampa, and that's probably rough for you to handle. But do you do you envision uh, football being effective? I mean, I think at this point it's going to be effective. I don't see it starting off. You know, you know, I don't I don't see the season starting as normal. Do you, or what's your take? So. I think in reg- baseball is going to be great. I think they're going to do something really creative and it's going to be really enjoyable and they'll have a great plan for it because they just have so many games. They may do an augmented season um, and maybe have some sort of opportunity to transition back to playing in the local stadiums. I see football going off uh, at some capacity as normal. I, I think we're going to have a lot of breakthroughs here in the next month or so. Um, but the big difference is there just won't be as many fans at the game. Now, football is made for television. It's better on television than it is in person. Uh, so as long as they can just fill the stadium 40% and keep people apart from each other or 50%, you're going to have a great product to be really enjoyable to watch. The production value is great. You just need some fans there to make some noise. Uh, so I, I don't see football right now being affected other than fans at the game and then having social distancing requirements and depending on where we're at at the time. But that's, that's August, September. Uh, so we'll see as that gets closer. Baseball's now. Uh, another one's a hockey, oh, geez. A basketball. I'm a big basketball fan. I'm also a hockey fan too, but basketball is my, one of my passions. Um, the NBA season, those guys are ready to play like right now. Like LeBron could play basketball today. Um, so as soon as they figure out some idea of when we can start getting to social activities, I think you'll see the NBA take place. I, I think they will either one short in the season or they may just go straight to the playoffs and have the playoffs happen. So I think you'll see some NBA, um, there in terms of hockey, I don't know what hockey's going to be. They may, you know, they go to June, but you know, hockey, hockey's a, is a different sport. The playoffs and would have started today, yesterday, yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I, I think here's what I what I would do. Why can't these teams, when it comes back to normal, just start playing their season and play an augmented shortened season? Why can't they just go right. out? So if hockey ends in, in August and or September, who cares? Like if football, if football doesn't get to start till you know. December who, who cares if the NBA doesn't get to start until August or July who cares like yeah. just play it with, with yeah, massive sports sports play. Better. Let's, let's see the NBA let's see everything all at once yeah Jordan what with, you I was just gonna say with with basketball and hockey I would like you know you could just take a week to catch up all the teams that were sh- behind in games played mm-hmm. even it all out and then go right to the playoffs yep I, I agree and, and it'll be fine and whenever you do that if it's next week, next month, two months from now, just do it. End the season, get it done, and then and let it be enjoyable. It'll be great. And, you know, it'll be a great thing to rally around, and um, you know, I think it'd be enjoyable. So that's what I'd like to see, and that's what I, I think will happen. Um, I just can, I, you, I said, like, can you imagine? I mean, Super Bowl Sunday. You know, what I mean, you you got to have Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, that's just it's crazy. Did you? I just read an article that uh, you know the chicken the chicken companies they make so many they get so many chicken wings ready because of uh, March Madness and all that kind of stuff, and then the basketball season, and, and that there's like a, uh, an overstock of chicken wings right now. And, um, you know, you look at uh, all these – it all trickles down, man. It all trickles right. down. And, uh, you know, and this year the NFL, I mean, the Tom Brady thing, I'm, that that is if, – even if you're not a huge football fan, you were going to tune in to see how this all kind of – yeah, it's big news. Yeah, it's big news. So uh, football, football is going to happen in some capacity. Um, it's it's a big you know, football is viewed more on television than anywhere. Um, it's huge. I mean, it's just massive on television. You know, for, for example, like just last weekend, uh, WrestleMania went off. and They did it without fans. 
Uh, it was weird, but it went off. Um, so there's, there's definitely creative ways you can do it. Obviously, the financially, it's going to be affected somewhat. But, uh, you know, I, I think cancellation is worse, worse than, uh, than not having it because the, the money's already invested. And it would be just nice for the consumers of the product to get to see it. And just through the entertainment value, it'd be huge. So I hope they find some way to do it. And uh, I think these most of these associations now, like the NHL is run by smart people that, you know, they got a good group of people in there that care about the fans. Same thing with the NBA. Uh, the NFL is just a beast. Baseball obviously really cares about the fans. So they're going to come up with something that's enjoyable in terms of college sports. You know, that's over. You know, that's, yeah, that's rough. You right. Can you imagine graduating? Which is sad. Can you imagine being like a graduating senior and your, your basketball team had a, you know, a decent shot to, to be look, in the tournament? Dayton, Dayton, you know, I'm an Ohio guy from Cincinnati and Dayton Flyers. I think they were going to be in one of the number one spots for March Madness. And they had a team that people thought they really had a chance at it. And, and can you, I mean, it's just terrible, man. That's Absolutely. I know, I know a lot of, look, there, there's people that are losing their lives. Right. But, but we, we all care about sports and, and I think sports have a lot, you know, it just has such a, a part of our culture here in the, in the United States, you know? And so it's, it's been tough, man. Hey, yeah. Carney, are you, I know you're a Patriots fan. Are you a, a Celtics fan as well and a Bruins fan? Is it all? Is it all? Yeah. It is Red Sox, Celtics, Bruins, Patriots, and mm. I'm, I'm a Tom Brady fan, so I'm gonna I'm gonna follow Brady. <laughs> I, I hope this year, uh, I hope it's Patriots, Buccaneers in the Super Bowl, and I hope the Bucks lose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey Carney, g- give me the give me the honest truth. Is it? Belichick or is it Brady? Now I know that it's both of them. I mean, obviously it's both of them together that made this dynasty, and there's no doubt about it. You can't even argue against it anymore. I used to I used to argue against it that it was this or that and the other thing. Obviously, they were incredible. They're maybe the best combination ever. But if you had to like lean one way, if you had to put the scale and you had to decide like, you know, who's gonna fare better without the other one, what would you say? So there's one thing I'll bring up in this. Brady's the greatest of all time and Belichick's the greatest of all time. So it was a perfect storm. It was somebody that they, that he connected with on a mental level. He connected with the coaches and he bought into the system. And then also the system was created around Brady at the same time too. And he's an ultimate game manager, the, the best ever. Um, however, you can only play for so long, right? Brady's the test of time. You can only do so, th- so many things as you get older uh, that you could, you know, you could do when you were 20. Um, so coaching will always, if you extend it, you can coach forever. Uh, so coaching will always go beyond that. And it, and the systems will always go beyond that. So I have debates with people that said, Oh, it's a system. It's this, it's the players that play the game. The coaches do create the system, but the players actually have to go out there. And, uh, so for me, it's, it's a 50, 50 thing. And in the end of the day, uh, Brady won so much that it's going to be really challenging for anybody to ever kind of eclipse that. And, and Belichick's won so much that it's going to be hard if he's ha- if he happens to eclipse John, uh, Don Shula, but uh, but yeah, it's fifty fifty. But coaching will always extend longer. And if, uh, if Brady's only got a few years left, uh, Belichick can coach until he's not able to move anymore. So maybe Bel- uh, Belichick's opportunity to maybe win Super Bowls, he's going to have more seasons to do it than Brady is. Uh, but uh, so yeah, at the end of the day, Belichick may get the last laugh and may may say, oh, hey, it's my system or this. But I, I really don't think that's what it's about. Mm. Uh, it was just great to watch something great for 20 years and have people hate it so much. It's really <laughs> enjoyable. You know, it's, it's, um, I, I was reading the biography of Felipe Alou, legendary baseball player manager. I read um, Lou Pinella's biography. And uh, they both said, look, as a manager, if you give me shit player or crappy players, I'm going to have a crappy team. 
Mm. He says, you give me good players, I'll enhance their greatness. And mm-hmm. so I honestly, and what both of those guys were legendary coaches and managers, they both say it, it comes down to the players. And they said, look, I can't win a World Series without great players. It just, it's not going to happen. So I think it's, it leans more 80% to the players and 20% to, to, to the manager, but, or to the coach in football. Um, but man, I mean, if you're a, a Boston, if you're a New England Patriots fan, I mean, these last 20 years have been unreal. When I was a kid, I'm, I'm going to be 40 tomorrow. My, my birthday's tomorrow. I'm going to be 40 years old. Carney, how old are you? I'm uh, 27. No, <laughs> 36. 36. So we're about the same age. When I, when I was coming up in the eighties, I never thought there would be anyone better than Joe Montana. I just said it, it's impossible. There's not going to be, and people would, you know, would talk about Dan, Dan Marino, and they talked about uh, John Elway. To me, the greatest player of all time was Joe Montana. And then when Brady came into the picture, I mean, God, if you're if you're a New England fan, how, that's that 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 must have been the most incredible ride. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it, to be to be a fan of that of that team before and now, I mean, jeez. Look at the yeah, smile. Look at the smile on John's face. The ride ain't over. The ride ain't over. There you go. Fully operational. Listen, the Reds. Quarterback in there. It's going to be a good time. The Cincinnati Reds have been around since 1869. 1869. Okay, we have five World Series. How many? How many Super Bowls does does uh, does Brady have? Six. Six. He's been to nine. He's been to nine. He's got six. My team's been around since 1869. We have five <laughs> World Series. Yep. I mean, I, I was 10 years old the last time they won the World Series. Let's, I'm going to be 40 tomorrow. Miguel, let's stop this. It's just like you can see, like it, uh, Carney's head can barely fit in that cap anymore. He's just literally he's exploding. I, thankfully, Listen, I have it stretched every, out over my earbuds here. Every, every, every fan in the country, as much as they hate Brady, wish Brady would have played their team, man. I told you. You're you are 100 percent right. In fact, hey, every single team had a chance. He went to yeah, the last yeah. pick in the sixth round. Everybody had a chance. So, By Miguel, way, Miguel, you know, what's interesting is like a baseball manager. He has to wear the uniform. He wears a uniform just like a player wears the uniform. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think I think that, you know, football coaches should do that, too. Can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine Belichick standing there, you know, like his frumpy belly with, the, you know, the, the pads on? I mean, I think that should be a thing. I don't know. He could have the one, the one bar, <laughs> yeah, like back right. in the day, yeah. <laughs> like a kicker. Yeah. You put like a put like a leather helmet on yeah. the guy, you know. And then in hockey, can you imagine Patrick Waz like yes. in his full goalie? Yes, that uniform. would be incredible. Why don't we do that? I mean, come on, that's an amazing idea. I don't know. So I'm gonna let everybody know what I've been smoking. Yes. Um, so I've been smoking the NAS this entire time, and it's it's lighting me up like a Christmas tree. It, for those that aren't familiar with it, it's a hundred percent Lejero. It's cheroot, so it's not a there's no binder in it. It's just one kind of tobacco. It's all Lijero called Pelo de Oro wrapped around itself. Super strong. NAS stands for nasty ass shit. <laughs> I thought tonight would be a great night to smoke it. And I made it about three quarters of the way through the cigar and I had to set it down. Wow. So pairs, up, pairs, pairs up with yak really well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you, sometimes you may yak after. Yeah, right. <laughs> what are you smoking, Miguel? I well, I just put down my favorite cigars are Four Kicks uh, Corona Gorda, the original. I just got done smoking that. I lit that up right before the show, 
And now I've gone to the oh. La Coalition, which nice. is our collaboration oh, with uh, Jewish State. And I'm drinking uh, rum and Coke with a wedge of lime. And uh, not only just any Coke, but glass bottle Coke from Mexico. Ooh, get the real sugar. The real yeah. deal. The real sugar. Hey, boys, before we uh, sign off, uh, I know that things have gotten you know out of hand the last couple months, and we don't know where we're going. But what's coming up, John, uh, with LFD for the next this year if is there anything you can throw our way do you got stuff coming out this year that we can look forward to or are you just completely on hold or what's up no no we we've, we've got some projects we're working on in the next month or so uh, our reopening will be focused on our top selling SKUs. uh so our 700 maduros diggers chisels l500 cabinets andalusian bowls lenox chapter one chapter two the double arrow line so we'll be focusing on manufacturing the items that we need to get done that are in high demand. And then uh, we do have some plans for, for later in the year. We'll see where it goes. Some of the stuff has been pushed back on sure. hold until we see see the environment that we're in. Uh, but Tony is working on uh, a, a special size. Uh, some people may have seen online uh, a picture of this little Corona-sized Andalusian bowl. Oh. We're not going to be releasing that, but that's a special cigar that Tony smokes and we hand out at our factory tours or whenever t- Tony's on the road. Uh, but he's working on something in that size. It's a special, unique uh, blend in its own. Uh, so uh, that will be out sometime this year. Hopefully we're working on that. And then uh, we will have our TAA Oro uh, uh, third edition. I can't remember what third is in Spanish. I think it's Tercera. Uh, Tercera edition uh, will be coming out sometime this year, but that's on hold for right now. Uh, we're going to focus on the the core items and things that we need to get going with the factory reopening next week okay. and uh, go from there. But we do have some exciting things we're working on. So th- I think this might be the first time that I've mentioned that little Corona size. Uh, so there's some fun things we're Ooh, working on with that. That sounds but, delicious. Uh, yeah, we're, and we're still rolling out our 25th anniversary from last year. It, it, it came out oh. later in the year, and then this kind of put a hold on all of that. It was supposed to be completely done by now. That one. Uh, so our, we have our 25th uh, anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. It was luxury one, cigar one of the year. year. That was yeah, a yeah, was fantastic awesome. cigar. I mean, fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. So we'll have some more of that coming out. We still got about half of that production left, and then uh, our Alito Gomez small batch number seven uh, kind of got put on hold, and that was partially released. So we'll focus on the other releases, focus on the corner items, and then we'll. Uh, items as uh, we as we see where this unfolds all right miguel what about uh, john huber and the boys what do you guys got uh, going on well we have uh, our new four kicks uh capa especial that we announced already and we've taken pre-orders for hopefully that comes out uh, this summer uh that's a great blend that uh, ernie had a lot to do with uh that'll be coming out our taa lost angel uh mm-hmm. we will be shipping that hopefully uh, at the end of the summer as well uh, it's usually called the Angel's Anvil. This year we changed it to the Lost Angel, have a little fun with it, change it up a little bit. Um, we are working on a blend right now that we would like to release at the PCA trade show. Uh, and then uh, starting our distribution of Ace Prime, man. So we got a lot right. of things in the hopper, a lot of things we want to do. Um, and so, yeah, man, Crown Heads is keep plowing forward. Just like La Florida Dominicana, we're trying to create great products for the retailer. Uh, to share with the consumer. And I, I think I speak on behalf of, of Carney and, and, and you guys and myself when I say to the people that are listening and watching, man, if you guys can, if you have the means to support your local brick and mortar, get out there, pick up a five pack, whatever you can do uh, to help support your brick and mortar during this time, they really need your help and um, pick up a pick up a floor, pick up a crown heads and 
and um, let's do it, man. Let's get through this together. That's uh, I do want to say very well thing. said. Just, yeah, go ahead. I did just see a question in here, and I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm. I'd be happy to bring it up. I'm not, uh, I'm not afraid to talk about it. One of the questions was, what's going on with the people that were laid off? Obviously, there's a high-profile article written about us that, that, in my opinion, had some, some incorrect information about uh, the surroundings of it. So I will mention it. Uh, thanks for asking the question. I said I, I don't have an issue talking about it. I, I am the vice president of sales for the company. I, I, uh, I'm an employee as well, so I work for owners. Uh, so we did have some layoffs. Uh, those were temporary. Uh, one of the people that we laid off, we actually positioned them in another job with another company uh, immediately. Uh, that was something that was lined up for them. Uh, we're bringing back one of our other sales reps here in the next week or so, and we're planning on bringing everyone back uh, over a period of time as that works out. Um, and we wait to see what's going on with the government. So not an ideal situation. Not the you know you, you, decisions have to be made for for long term survival. Um, it wasn't an easy time to do that. Um, and if you know, I, I respect people's opinions, and everyone can have views of of what uh, you know what their opinion might be on it. Uh, but we were we were sitting looking at the challenging nature of the environment that right. we're in, uh, so that decision was made. But uh, it's a temporary thing, and we are working on on uh, bringing that back and coming back to a full force here as soon as possible. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you have mm-hmm. to you have to be able to adjust and and deal with the situation at hand. I'm breaking news right now, but I just fired Jordan uh, just uh, five minutes ago. <laughs> He's out. He's out. <laughs> Sorry about He's that. Gone, really? He's out. He's out. There's He's a job out. opening right now, yeah. gentlemen. There's a job opening. <laughs> he, he hired me at half. Yeah. Half yeah. Uh, Matt, Matt was cheaper, so we went with Matt. Um, Mid show. <laughs> Mid show. And it's all, you know, to kind of build off what Carney said is that, look, him and I are in positions of management, man. We care about our guys. We care about their families. We care about their livelihood. And the, the, these are tough times right now. Right. But we're all here to kind of support the industry yeah. and make sure we get to the next level, man. And 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 uh, tune into Carney's show. Pick up some crown heads. Pick up some little floor. Your local brick and mortar, man. Let's do this. Let's get back, uh, hopefully, living, uh, living a normal life again, man. Yeah, appreciate that. Amen. Thank you, man. And, hey, and, and you guys, man, at Dojo, man, you guys keep doing these shows. I know people are really loving them right now. And. And uh, it's all positive, man. Thank you so much. I'll say, too, the, the Dojo Lounge I've ended up in many times over the last uh, <laughs> couple weeks late at night. If you're looking for a great time and a bunch of a bunch of ridiculousness, there's, there's a lot of New Jersey in there, which, yeah, which that's is a little you know, it's strange, but I love it. It's got character. Uh, but it's like an episode of the Jersey Shore as you get later at the end of the, it's later like Sopranos. the night. So. Yeah, yeah, man. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> yeah. So I, I highly recommend going to the Dojo Lounge. I've ended my night there a few times here in the last week or so, um, and uh, it's it's a blast. But no, thank you all for having us, and uh, it was great to share it with Miguel. Um, he said, obviously, we, we have a good relationship with Crown Heads, and uh, you know, I do a lot of work with with some of their salespeople on the road with the steak events and the show we got with quarantine growing. But no, great time. Thank you so much for having us. All right, you guys don't don't go away. Um, right. I want to talk to you after the show for a second or two. Guys, Wednesday, we're having another Cigar in a Movie, uh, and that'll be at 3 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. And it's the Protocol Boys. Pick the movie. It's Police Academy. So Juan and Kevin will be uh, on there. We're going to have a good time. If you you need to figure out how to do the, the movie party, we do a Netflix party where everybody's synced together at the same time, and there's a chat room. So the instructions are on the uh, Facebook event for that show. Uh, make sure to tune in to that Wednesday at 3 p.m. That'll be a ton of fun. Flavor Odyssey is this Wednesday. We're starting the wild card episodes with Robbie and Randy. And uh, this week it's 
it's turning lemons into lemonade. So like there was a pairing early in the season that was a bad pairing. And so they're going to try to make that pairing a good pairing. It's going to be the uh, Killer Bee Connecticut. And this time they'll pair it with Samuel Smith's Nut Brown Ale. So that'll be an interesting show. So tune into that Wednesday night. That's at 9 p.m. Eastern. And then next week on Smoke Night Live, we'll have Bobby Newman of J.C. Newman on the show. Bobby's going to talk about how the oldest American cigar factory left in the United States is dealing with the situation and how the um, they're redoing their factory. He'll give us an update on how they're turning their factory into a, sort of like a living museum. It's going to be a really, really interesting show. So tune in uh, next Friday night for that. As far as tonight goes, remember, on the Dojo, get your Dojo app out. Share what you're smoking. Share what you're drinking. We'll be partying all night long on the Dojo app as we do every single Friday night for Friday Night Herf. Until next week, remember, never, never smoke, smoke alone. alone. We'll see you guys next Friday night. Do you dream of having your own in-house cigar lounge? Well, JR Cigars is here to help. By entering our Ultimate Cigar Lounge sweepstakes, you can win $5,000 towards your dream in-house cigar lounge. Cutters, lighters, ashtrays, chairs, whatever you can think of. Simply go to our website and click sweepstakes right up top, or go to sweepstakes.jrcigars.com. You can only enter once a day, but up until May 31st, you can enter every single day. More times you enter, more chances you have to win.